This is Mary Jo Deschanel, and we're listening to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Across the internet, Brian Gazaska. Hey, Brian. How are you? Uh, doing good, Ben. I'm recording this in my kitchen while you're recording this at your home. Yep, in my office. In your office. Uh, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic. The coronavirus. Yeah, and this is like one of the first shows we're recording because of this. I know, and we finally caught up with, you know, we, we record shows, we, we usually stockpile our shows, we've always done that for, since the beginning, and this is our first one where we kind of caught up to the real world, and uh, yeah, we, we, we got to find new ways to, uh, to actually do the show. Yeah, the, the show must go on for the community and for our sanity. I, I look forward to doing the show with Ben every week and, you know, it, it be, it's maddening to be stuck inside, but then having no one really to talk to and talk to Twin Peaks is even crazier. It's been fantastic that we can do this. Um, and also with Graceland being postponed, uh, mm. we had our mini Graceland not that long ago from home. You know, we did a Twin Peaks event on Friday. Yeah. We're then- starting this new thing where we have, we're using cast uh, where we can actually share um, tell our shows. So we have like a private chat room where you can actually share um, episodes of Twin Peaks. And we started off with a pilot to celebrate the 30th anniversary. And that's so much fun. I mean, that is so cool to get everybody together virtually. Yeah, and that's something we hope to continue every Friday. Um, and we'll keep everyone posted on social media. It's a lot of fun. And Scott Ryan did an amazing job um, with Blue, with Blue Rose Magazine did a like um, a huge panel, uh, which was yeah, fantastic. That Saturday. Yeah, yeah. We had our mini Graceland at home, which was really awesome. Brian, our book is out now. You can get it at Blue Rose Mag. You can get the Kindle edition on Amazon, and. I'm so excited that everybody now, I mean, there were some people that, you know, the shipping was way too expensive to go uh, to ship overseas. So now they can pick it up through uh, Kindle and read the digital copy. And it's so exciting that that's available to everybody now. Right. And the Kindle version has uh, color photos, which is so cool. Yes. That's so cool. There is also, I just love, I mean, I have a habit of buying both, a lot of times books twice. I just love having it on me. I love having it on my phone where I can check it out wherever I want to. And I feel like I'm getting old because sometimes I like too that I can see it on my computer and I can, it's bigger. 
it's just right. bigger. So it's nice. Right. But you know, what we want to do is every once in a while, uh, maybe share an interview that was actually that we did for the book. And I thought that's what we would do today where, you know, we're not going to do every single interview that's in the book, but I thought it'd be a great way for people who get a sample of, of what some of the interviews are like in the book. And that's what we want to do today with Mary Jo Deschanel. Right. Um, she is a talker. She was a great sport. And it was actually an honor to uh, get to speak to her in person. She's an amazing person. And when you listen to this podcast, you can just hear the enthusiasm and the, the love and such a kind person just radiate through your, your, your speakers. It's like, it's infectious. She just puts you in a great mood, you know? Totally. And I'd love to share how, how this interview came about. Uh, I mean, like, you know, we were, we were really trying to get everybody that was in Twin Peaks uh, in the book. Like, so we reach out to everybody. But then I think we also enjoy finding uh, quirky, kind of strange ways of getting other people to be involved to contribute. So actually, you know, you know looking for like contacting reps, yeah, Mary Jo was not available. I could not find a contact. We couldn't find any but a way of reaching out to her. But Zoe Deschanel, I, I could reach out to the, the rep for De, Zoe Deschanel, which is uh, Mary Jo's daughter, who, you know, is in New Girl and all that. And um, I, she had actually done an interview on Jimmy Kimmel show. And she mentioned that when she was little, she actually was on the set of... Uh, Twin Peaks. And so, boy, I thought, wouldn't that be cool to just see if she would contribute to the book to talk about her own experiencing as a young uh, girl seeing Twin Peaks. Your parents were both in show business. Yes. Uh, your mom yeah. was on um, uh, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, yes. yeah. And Which, my dad directed a bunch of episodes of that. Of Twin Peaks. Show. So they were both working on it uh, when I was a, uh, but a wee child. And uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> I would go to visit the set, and, and, but I was only allowed to watch some of the episodes because yeah. uh, it, you know, it's, it's not appropriate for children. But that's the type of show that's extremely addictive. If you know that show, it's really, you know, you, like you have to, it's like a soap opera. You can't just watch a little You longer. have to watch it. So I, I remember I would sneak, I would try to sneak and watch the episodes I wasn't allowed to watch. And so I, you know, we reached out, and uh, the rep wasn't really, didn't really, wasn't interested in really Zoe being a part of it. I think she was too little to really have anything to say about it. But they did say, "Hey, did you reach out to her mom and dad?" Which is, you know, Joe, Mary Joe, who played Mrs. Hayward, and then, then uh, Caleb Deschanel was uh, directed some of the episodes. And so both, both uh, Mary Joe and Caleb, uh, there was no way to reach out to them. So actually, Zoe Deschanel's rep said, hey, I'll reach out to uh, Mary Jo and see if you can get an interview. The funny thing is, is that, you know, having this, inter doing this interview with Mary Jo, that led to her saying she would reach out to Caleb. So we also got to talk to Caleb about Twin Peaks as well. So it's funny to start off with Zoe being interested in seeing if Zoe would participate to then having her mom and dad actually, uh, we actually be able to do interviews with them. Right. It's, it's awesome. I mean, Ben, you like... You made magic happen getting these interviews. I would say we. I try very hard. I'm, I'm like Mark Frost. I don't want to take all the credit. I want to like say that. I, a, I give you partner. all the credit. I give you all the credit for getting these interviews. Uh, you, like, you, you did it. Um, so you deserve all the credit. But yeah, so everybody, please enjoy Mary Jo Deschanel. And if you like what you hear today and you like to support us, 
it's a limited supply. Go to bluerosemag.com, get yourself a copy. And if you, you want a digital version, it's on Kindle for $10. Just search Twin Peaks Unwrapped. And uh, here's Mary Jo. Good. How are you? Great. Good. How did you get the part of Eileen Hayward? Well, you know, Caleb, my husband, went to the AFI with uh, David. Ah. So I met him, you know, because that was the first year of the AFI. Yeah. Uh, um, so there were 15 fellows, um, you know, uh, and I would, and, you know, there was no curriculum. I don't know if you know any of this about the AFI that first year, but the first couple of years. No, but, and it's interesting. Uh, I think Tim you know, Hunter, just, there's a few people, there's a few directors that were part of AFI, and I wonder, and they seem to have known right. David. Caleb yeah. was, and, oh. yeah, Caleb and David and Terrence Malick and... Tom Rickman, Gil Dennis, um, you know, there are a lot of other people. I, I'm, I'm not remembering everybody, but uh, right. there were a lot of um, people. But the curriculum was they would order films and we and drink hot chocolate and coffee. <laughs> and, you know, I just went, I was up there a lot hanging out and watching movies with them. I mean, it wasn't like there was any, there were no classes. <laughs> wow. People, you know, directors would come and give lectures, but, you know, it was at the old Greystone Mansion and it was just, you know, very casual kind of like, you know, at that moment. And then everybody was working on films. And so David was working on Eraserhead at that time. And um, so I knew him. I mean, I knew, you know, everybody there, I think. And uh, we would also have a lot of, um, you know, I, I, it's hard to imagine, I guess, probably now for people. But, um, you know, we had dinners all back and forth at people's houses because, you know, it was really hard to get a credit card. People mm. didn't go out to eat that much. Yeah. So mm. we had these dinners with all these, you know, I mean, it was because my husband had gone to, you know, USC before that. So, you know, it was, you know, all the young filmmakers at that time. And we would just go to each other's little, you know, houses or apartments and we'd yeah. have dinners back and forth. So, so I saw David, you know, there were social dinners. I remember going to his house and, and then going to, you know, Matthew Robbins and just seeing him. And so I knew him. Um, from that period of time. And then when he was doing Twin Peaks, um, well, I just got a call from my agent and it was just a meeting. You know, he just, he, um, David's, there was no casting per se. Like, I mean, casting in the sense of an audition. Yeah. There was no audition. But, you know, I'd already done work. I guess he knew my work. And I think also the way I looked was probably quite right for the part. Totally. My coloring, you know, is the um, and then you know um, one of the main uh, things that I had done to that point was the right stuff, and you know I played Annie Glenn who had a bad stutter, and so I think you know I seemed to do well playing someone with some kind of disability. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he chose me. I mean, I just went and talked to him. I just went and met him. Yeah. And then I got the part. It wasn't like, oh, you know, there wasn't some, you know, there it was never revealed to me for any reason, but that's what I assume, you know, mm. yeah. was right for it. And, and, and very few people do that. And that's one of the things I really admire about um, David is that, you know, he can just have a meeting with someone and cast them. That is something. Yeah, that's what he does. Right. I think it's just having a conversation. Yeah. Just having a conversation, you get to yeah. know who that person is. That's yeah. Something. Yeah. And, you know, as I said, I did know him before that. Not really well, but, you know, I certainly knew him. Um, but Billy Friedkin does the same thing. He doesn't, he just meets people. He doesn't audition. 
Isn't that something? Wow. wow. Uh, just a little trivia, I guess. But um, <laughs> I like the trivia. I guess I even want to tiny bit more. That so the AFI was it like the mid seventies? Then you guys were probably hanging out a little bit. Well, no, it's no, it's the early seventies. Okay. I think it was like um, I don't know. You'd have to look. The first year of the AFI was oh, yeah. maybe seventy one or okay. seventy. I don't know. Wow. Something like that. No, it was the early seventies. I mean, not that it was easy. Now, I mean, it, I mean, like for my husband, you know. I mean, it's very hard, of course, to, you know, be a filmmaker now. But at that time, you know, to become a cinematographer, you know, you had to sue to get into the union. Wow. You had to have a lawsuit. And everybody had a lawsuit to get in. Oh, my gosh. And it would take years because you couldn't. It was a closed shop, the IA. Wow. At that time. So, you know, I mean, so you think, oh, well, it wasn't that it was easy. It's just more like how people thought of it. So I think now there's so many people and there's a lot of competition, but at the same time, there's a lot more material now. I mean, with so many, you know, uh, I mean, there's so much material right now and so many projects. So I guess there's more opportunity that way, even though there are, you know, more, more people, mm-hmm. but I don't know whether it's easier or harder really, you know, just totally. Mm. Yeah. So Mrs. Hayward was in a wheelchair chair, but yeah. you're able to yeah. walk. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what was it like for you having to be in a wheelchair for every scene of the show? Oh, well, you know, I insist the one thing I insisted. I mean, like, I don't think I really cared about much in terms of a, a contract or something. But I said I wanted a wheelchair to practice with, you know, huh. oh, a wheelchair yeah. to practice with in my house. So there was a really funny incident. So I had the wheelchair in the house. And I just would, you know, I was kind of, would get in it and kind of be in it, you know, just to practice how to, you know, maneuver the electric wheelchair because I didn't want to, you know, not know how to do it, obviously. Um, So one day, I don't know, my kids were, you know, they were not, they weren't small, but they weren't, you know, that old, you know, children at home. And it was kind of a crazy household. Lots of things always going on in Mm. and out, you know, in the house and a lot of people coming in and out and all that, that kind of thing. And I remember one time I was in the wheelchair and some people came in. I don't know why they were there, but it wasn't Mm. someone I knew and they didn't know me. And I was in the wheelchair and they said hello. And I didn't think anything of it. And then at some point, you know, I got up out of the wheelchair to go do something and the look on their faces, (laughs) they just thought, you know, (laughs) Uh, this one's in a wheelchair, but no. It's amazing. She can walk. She can walk. <laughs> but I don't know. I felt very comfortable, I guess. I felt very comfortable to me. Um, I remember, though, one thing that was sort of difficult was that, you know, I could never know the backstory of why I was in a wheelchair. Mm. Because um, I remember asking about it and... It was like they just laughed and said, well, we have so many different scenarios that are possible. (laughs) So it was kind of revealed, you know, later. But, you know, so I I sort of had to have in my mind, you know, as an actor, you sort of have to have your own, you know, story. But I sort of had to have it a little bit loose and um, almost like someone maybe with a faulty memory or not knowing exactly what happened because it could have been completely psychosomatic. It could have been, you know, I didn't know what it was because they didn't know. They had many ideas, but they didn't know which way they were going to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but it was, I, I, you know, I didn't feel that it was, it just felt like that was who she was, you know? Yeah. I don't remember it being difficult in the sense of being in a wheelchair, just, just what it was, you know? 
I was re-watching your scenes today, and um, what I noticed was like Warren Frost, you know, Doc Hayward would have to bend yeah. down to do a scene with you, or even <laughs> Donna would have to bend down. And I yeah. think, well, like, how how uncomfortable was that for an actor that you're used to standing eye to eye and being up, and everybody's always having to like crouch down <laughs> to do the scene with you? <laughs> it's so funny. I never thought about, but then I also think, well, I'm not that tall to begin with, so yeah. you know, and it's funny. Um, you know, my husband did this film with uh, Florian von Donnersmark, um, uh, uh, Never Look Away. I don't know if you know about that film. No, but he's, no. he's almost seven feet tall. Oh, it's an amazing film. Wow. It's so great. It, it, it was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film, and Caleb was nominated for Cinematography. It's wow. about the um, creative process, and it's it's inspired by Gerhard Richter. I mean, you should really see the film. Yeah, yeah definitely. So good. It's really an amazing film. Um, I know I'm prejudiced, but I, I'm not <laughs> in it or anything. But anyway, Florian, who he he directed, he won an Oscar for um, the Life of Others about ten years ago. He's hmm. German, and it was in German. But anyway, uh, he's very. I mean, he's seven, almost seven feet tall, and we spend a lot of time with them. You know, in the last couple of years, and all their children. Everybody's so tall, <laughs> and it's so funny. You know, because I say when I see, you know, when I see Florian, I say, you know, it's like you're different species. You know that, <laughs> that you know, like how can people be so different and still, you know, in terms of just size? So, I mean, I wonder too if you know I didn't even think about that um, mm. that people had to crouch down. That's yeah. really funny that that wasn't in my. I just thought I was. I, I don't think I thought of myself as being in a wheelchair. Now yeah. that when you bring it up, yeah, I don't think that was. It was just like that was my reality. Huh? Mm. Isn't that That's something? It's really something. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought it up, and that gives me something to think about. Yeah. That <laughs> so, I hadn't thought about before. Totally. You know. And so as yeah. the cast grew in season two, some of the original cast seemed to have less parts. But your your yeah. character grew uh, with a storyline and like kind of like the whole yeah. Donna's father storyline. How did you feel about getting kind of getting a bigger part in the show? Oh, I liked it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just I just did a one woman show. I I mean I've done it a few times, but I, I wrote this one woman show, and there are eight characters. I play them all. Uh, <laughs> They're all different ages. I want to see this. I want to see <laughs> so this. I yeah. do like to have a. <laughs> well, the next time I do it, I'll I'll, I'll let you know. Because right. I just finished it last week. I just did a seven week run. So, wow. Um, yeah. So I do like I like to I like a lot of lines. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was it was so much fun to do that show. I, it was great. So yeah, know, I was happy to have a small part or any part at all in it because you know David is so um, he so much listens to everybody and everything. And if you make even the smallest you know remark, he really will hear it and act on it lots of times and. Uh, you know, about a scene or, or reality. And he's just so creative and so open hmm. to collaboration um, wow. or to input. It's, it's, it's fantastic, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. My favorite scene that you, you, you were in Twin Peaks was, you know, Eileen goes to Ben's office at the Great Northern and is giving back the love letters. And there's this whole kind of going back and forth where like, oh, Ben loves you. and But there's these emotions <laughs> and like, you're kind of like, it seemed like you're like, oh, that's really sweet, but like, get away from me. Yeah, you're ruining my life. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of the way it was. Yeah. I think it was like a, yeah, well, come on, you know. Right. I mean, he was a slime man. ball. Yeah. Slime ball. Yeah, yeah, okay, I, I'll go for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, you know, as a, as a person, he was fine, but as the character, not so good. Right. <laughs> you know, the idea of the small town and all the things that people know about each other. And, you know, I love that. All the dark underbelly of something, you know, that has... The, you saw all the secrets, I guess, the layers and layers of secrets. Rewatching this, I realized what was interesting as a story was, you know, in the beginning of the whole Hayward family in the pilot, it's it's all about trust. You know, Doc Hayward uh, trusts his daughter and she snuck out of the house. But there's this whole trust. And by the end of the series, at the end of season two, you have the mother who is not being honest <laughs> or trustworthy. And I thought that was an interesting kind of, mm. uh, uh, I don't know, yeah. full circle. I thought that was really, yeah. I, I really liked it. I know. Well, I think that's always true, isn't it? I mean, you know, in a way, I don't know, when you say that, I hadn't thought about it exactly that way again. But I, I think, you know, it's almost like a child growing up where, at the, you know, when they're small, they, you know, look at their parents and they are sort of, you know, the absolute authority. And then, you know, you sort of think about your parents in one way. And then no matter what your parents, no matter what the story is, it, it's different as you get older and you realize, oh, they're human beings and they have their whole lives and secrets and, you know, or not even necessarily secrets, but just things you didn't realize or mm. struggles that you mm. didn't know because you're a child. And that's not you shouldn't know that, really. You know, you shouldn't know that, that right. how much they're maybe struggling or depressed or whatever. And then, you know, then, you know, you usually come to terms, that, you know, as you grow up at some point and then you see them as human, full human beings and. And, you know, then you can have a sort of very different relationship. So that's almost what happens, I guess, mm. for the viewer, maybe that, yeah. you know, they you see, you know, in one one point of view, it's seeing, you know, the, her, she's the, you know, kind of child. And then you see, oh, no. And the parents seem to be as from a child's point of view, like, you know, they're just perfect people or not perfect, but, you know, they kind of are just trustworthy and and honest and all of that. And then you find out this whole other part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And for the most of the scenes you were in with Laura Flynn Boyle, Warren Frost, and Richard Beamer, what was it like acting with these people? I guess I just fully believed that I was Eileen Hayward and she was my daughter. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I, I fully um, was in it, you know, like I didn't have any problem. I, I don't even think of it as like actors acting or something. I just thought I was in that world and that's who I was yeah. and they who, were who they were. And I, felt most of it was a pleasure. I don't can't remember any problems with other actors or directors, yeah. or, you know, and it was nice because, you know, you had a lot of different directors come in and most of them were film directors, I think. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, right. Kate, my husband and I never actually worked together because after the pilot, we went, you know, to see the screening and we saw David and, and David said, oh, do you want to direct one of them? You know, because he never thought it would be made into a TV series. Right. I mean, when we were doing the pilot, there was it was just a goof, kind of. Now, I don't mean that he didn't take it seriously. I right. mean a goof in the sense that, you know, we're doing this thing, but, I mean, it's never going to go television. You know, it was, like, it was so unusual and groundbreaking. And, you know, he would, you know, so that was the feeling during the pilot. And then, so when they showed the pilot, Caleb said, oh, it's, you know, David, it's great. And as I said, they were, you know, they were, you know, colleagues, they were, went to, classmates it or mm. whatever you would call it at the AFI. So they certainly had a lot of respect for each other. And Dave said, Oh, you want to direct? And Caleb said, yeah. And then, you know, somehow it always worked out that I wasn't in any of the um, ones that Caleb directed. So, you know, we never did get to work <laughs> together. Oh, <laughs> that's too funny. So Dave said, Oh, really? You know, <laughs> it's a funny, funny little thing, but yeah. 
but the directors were all really great and it was nice to have very different points of view and I just felt like there was I'm sure that just the tone was set by David that there was a kind of respect everyone had for each other from your husband did you learn anything about the production of the show like he actually was kind of having to keep secrets oh, about yeah. who killed Laura Palmer I mean oh yeah in fact well, the, the a lot less, and I'm trying to remember. Oh, we had this funny thing because yeah, we well all the time because we get the script. You know, like yeah. there were all these fake scripts, and only <laughs> one. You know, because it was so exciting. After every episode, you know, people talked about it everywhere you went. You would hear everyone was so into the, the show, and you know, just riveted. So it was really great to be a part of it. But yeah, I did. I I certainly knew everything that was going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, that I, I could know about. Also, you know, Caleb has a lot of stories about, you know, he would come up with ideas all the time. And, you know, David would always say, yeah, go for it. Like That's whatever awesome. it was, you know, yeah. it, was, it was really, it was so much fun. That's so cool. So, and so you actually got to attend the Twin Peaks, uh, like Missing Pieces premiere party kind of thing. Yes. I, yeah. And I wondered I what did. you thought, what you thought of how that was. And you also, you would get oh, to see your, yeah, fascinating to see that. Like, because there were scenes that, you know, you'd forgotten about that weren't, had been cut out. Yeah. Like, there were some muffins. Or, <laughs> yeah, you're giving muffins to Laura and Donna. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, I was baking muffins. <laughs> um, no, it was actually really fascinating because there was something, um, you know, the sort of elliptical quality of that. Um, yeah. It just had a, I don't know, it was, it was just sort of like an art piece or something, you know, where mm, yeah. you could fill in something. It's hard to explain, but I really enjoyed it. I, I I don't know. I mean, it was a while ago, so I just remember having this kind of amazing feeling that it sort of made sense in a yeah. funny way. He did, David did a great job editing that. To, I mean, it almost felt like its own film in a way. Like I don't know how he was yeah, able to do that. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's yeah. like yeah. It, it is, and 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 I think you know when someone is like someone's vision or voice or whatever. When you know people are very consistent and they kind of know what that is. No matter what they do, it's always going to have a certain coherence to it. And um, you can't almost take anything away from what he does, no matter how, no matter what you take out and how, even if it's in pieces, it makes some kind of sense. Yeah. yeah. And it's true. I mean, his editing, I mean, certainly great talent. Certainly yeah. Helps. I mean, he has a vision, but he also has this great talent. And so how did you find out that Twin Peaks was coming back? I mean, and yeah. did you happen to watch it when it came back? Um, I watched part of it. I haven't seen everything. Um, sure. uh, how, I, I don't know how I found out. I think I might have been just like, you know, reading about it or, you know, like I didn't get right. an official announcement or anything. Yeah. I think we just heard, you know, you just read about it. Sure. Um, yeah. It's still kind of crazy to think 25 years later the show came back. I mean, it's still kind of I know. boggles the mind. It's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, it really was an amazing uh, show because it just – it. I don't think people realize, I mean, you do because you're such devotees or yeah. whatever of, 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 of it, but it just really was groundbreaking when it came out. And you felt like things were possible that you never thought could be possible in a sort of creative way. I mean, they certainly broke all these rules in terms of getting around censorship and all of that, which mm. is pretty cool. They were always <laughs> figuring that out, you know, and yep. it was, they had a lot of fun. But, but then there was this, there was this openness and a creative part that was just opened up so many possibilities that yeah. that just weren't there before. So definitely, it is amazing to come back after twenty five years. But I sort of 
think, yes, of course, it should have never gone away. <laughs> I mean, it was only two. I mean, it's sad. It was only two seasons, yeah. but it was hard. You know, I think it's just that it was kind of difficult to keep the quality up and, right. you know, um, that they wanted to have really. Yeah, definitely. There's one big story in terms of like David being open to, you know, and well, we were doing, it was right, you know, and it was after the big sort of, what was it? A, it was a beauty contest. And yeah, yes, Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yes. Twin Peaks, yeah. Yeah, this Twin Peaks. Sorry, I haven't re-watched everything, so I have everything so clear in my mind. Sure, um, totally understand that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, it was the next morning we were going to, it was a scene the next morning. And, you know, I, I went and I'm thinking... Well, we would be, because it was like everybody was up really late and all these things happened and it was, you know, traumatic night, like you're up all night. Mm. And, um, and I thought we would be in the clothes, kind of like in the same clothes from the night before and, yeah. you know, your hair, kind of that feeling. And I thought that's what I was thinking when I went in, you know, drove into the set. And then when I went in and, you know, to make up in here and I said, I said, oh, I thought we were going to do... a do this and I said oh no no we're not you know this is what we're doing you know no no next new day blah 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 so I get the makeup we have the wardrobe get my hair and then we go to have a group you know a group rehearsal and I said to David and everybody's ready you know everyone spent the two hours or whatever getting ready and everyone's ready except for the final thing and I said oh I'm surprised I thought we would be like you know in the stuff from the night before and it'd be like that and David said he just looked at me said Oh, okay. And then everybody is like, back to makeup, back to makeup. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I mean. He would just like, you just say a comment like, oh, I thought this. And he went, oh, that's a good idea. And, you know, <laughs> in television, you know, usually, first of all, nobody would, you would, no one's listening to you that yeah. much. Or the power, you certainly don't have that power. And, and even if you wanted to, you would not take the time to do that. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it cost them a lot of time. I mean, obviously, yeah. you, everybody had to go complete. I mean, the whole, everybody was in that scene, you know, so. So that, I mean, that to me was just Beth David. It's great that he's so open to that. That's yeah. really cool. I like that story a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's my story. <laughs> and I think you, you've shared a story. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you shared something with Brad Dukes about reflections, but something about David ripping up a script or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. He also did that. I'll never forget. That was on the pilot. Why did he do so that? He up, well, this is what they said. We don't have time. You know, sort of like you're over budget over time. You know, oh, yeah. like you don't have time to do this scene. Or like we, we were like someone came up and I was standing there. David just took the script and didn't look at it. He ripped out a few pages and he goes, okay, there you go. <laughs> and he really stuck to it. I mean, it wasn't like he went back and, you know, it wasn't just a display of, you know. Wow. No, I mean, and I thought, oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> <You know>? Wow. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, the ways they tried to figure out who the killers were and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. That's so um, cool. Using That's... your intuition. Yeah. So anyway, yes, he did tear out a lot of pages. Nice. That's yeah. so cool. Thank you so much. Uh, thank, thank you so, so much, much for your time. Okay. I'm so glad we got okay. to talk to you. Yeah, it was really fun. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, Mary Jo Deschanel. It was so awesome to get to talk to you. And, uh, you know, I love her, all of her stories. I love stories about back in the day that people got together and they couldn't really afford to go to restaurants and they just would get together at people's houses and have dinners and socialize. And that's one of the places that she saw David Lynch and stuff. And I thought that was, that was a cool story. 
Oh, yeah. And also hearing about her practicing in the wheelchair, getting mm-hmm. the part, and like, yeah, she had some such awesome little nuggets um, about her career, and she's just a, a wonderful person, and it was just an honor to talk to her. It really was. It was so cool. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that was a sample of really one of our interviews, that, and, you know, in our book, it's not like we just plop the interview. It, it's really, she's, a lot of times it's, it has to do with the episode that we're talking about, or or she's sometimes the people doing interviews are almost responding to other people, which is really kind of cool. And before we get going, Ben, I do want to thank everybody that has posted photos of them getting our book um, on social media. That means the world to us. Um, thank you so much. Uh, the love from the community was overwhelming. I, I, I still can't believe we put a book out, but then on top of it, I still can't believe people are posting photos with our book. Uh, across oh. the globe. Which it makes is, my day. It really does right. make my day. Every day that I see somebody post that, that it's just like, I, I, I don't know if people think, oh, they don't want to see our, the book again, but we do. We just, it makes our day to see people in people's hands, on people's desks. Uh, yeah, just, uh, was it Aaron? I think his cat had his own book. <laughs> yeah, so cool. Oh. And one uh, special shout out goes to our friends from um, Sparkwood and 21 M which was very sweet of her. She like wrote us an actual congratulations card. Oh, and mailed so it to us. Yeah. Like individually, we both got one. You took, you, I think you got yours first. It's like, Hey, M sent me a card. And then I looked in my mailbox and sure enough, I got one too. And that, that was so touching. I mean, she's so cool. Yeah. Not people don't do that anymore. I mean, the last yeah. time I sent like an actual physical card was probably like from our, for my wedding or something like that mm. but it's not something you do generally and it was it, it meant a lot to us so thank you em oh, like that was so cool to get a physical card uh, from somebody is just something that doesn't happen very often and True. you know it's weird we're in a situation now where we all we would say social media or you know technology is disconnecting us because we're on it too much but now mm. we're using it to connect with each other. Isn't that true? Isn't that something? Yeah, it's weird to think that now technology is bringing us together because we can't physically be together. That's a, a wonderful thing. I guess everybody could, if you, if you want to get yourself a copy of the book, bluerosemag.com, send us an email at twinpeaksunwrapped at gmail.com. Ben, he's always on Twitter. Uh, how, how's Twitter going? I haven't asked you in a long time. <laughs> how is Twitter going? It's wonderful. I, love, I mean, it's, I mean, that's where you get to see the, all our friends and, and it's, it's going really well. Right. And Facebook, I, you know, I take care of our Facebook page and it's growing. Like we're, we're getting new followers and likes like all the time. And everyone seems really like, I try to engage. Um, I'm not really on social media that much, but I try to do my best with our Facebook page. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us that five-star review. We're on Spotify. We're all on those wonderful podcast places. And we're on Cast. Yeah, How do so people find cast. cast? How do people find will, us on Cast? I will share a direct link in the show notes for Cast. So that, that will be, you click on that, you'll be able to figure out if you want to go uh, through a browser and participate, or if you want to download the app. Uh, there's a phone app, there's a desktop app, and you'll have the link to get in and you can just request an invite. It is a private, we, we set it to be a private party. 
So it's kind of like you have to be invited, but we invite everybody. And uh, yeah, it's every Friday, I think we're going to be doing this. So uh, not only are we going to be showing uh, episodes, but we'll also have deleted scenes and commercials and it'd just be a good old time just to hang out and chat with each other about Twin Peaks. With all that, Ben, we will see everybody. Everybody stay healthy, stay safe, stay inside, wash those hands. and Be uh, like Harold. Yes, be like Harold, and we'll be back when we're back.